friends, and welcome to another edition of Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I'm your host, James Corbett, from CorbettReport.com, and I'm welcoming you tonight to the broadcast all the way from my home recording studios here on the western shores of sunny Japan. And it's a bright and sunshiny afternoon here in Japan where I am, so I'm wishing you a good evening to all of you who are listening to my voice live right now in North America or anywhere around the world that you might happen to be. So thank you for joining us once again on the po- on the broadcast tonight, and we again have another week of very interesting broadcasts lined up for you, including uh, a Wednesday night conversation that I have scheduled with a friend of the Corbett Report, Aaron Franz, who's uh, the author or the creator of an incredible documentary called The Age of Transitions, which I hope you will check out in advance of that interview. We're going to be talking about the subject of technocracy. So you can look forward to that on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday night, I have not confirmed this yet, so don't mark it on the calendar quite yet, but I believe I'm going to be starting on Thursday nights. A a segment of the broadcast on Thursday nights will be devoted to our good friend James Evan Palato of MediaMonarchy.com, who many of you will know from, of course, my weekly YouTube video series, New World Next Week which I do with James Evan Pilato each week, going over three important stories that are breaking around the world. We're going to be ta- talking to James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com about one of his sister websites, FoodWorldOrder.com. We'll be going over food-related issues. Uh, again, an absolutely essentially important part of this entire New World Order grid that we see taking shape around us. So I'm very much looking forward to that becoming a regular part of the Thursday night edition of Corbett Report Radio. And, of course, on Friday night, we'll have Friday night highlights. But tonight, we're going to be getting into a subject that is extremely important, but that we have not yet touched on on this broadcast. So I'm very, very interested in getting into this, because I know a lot of you will be will be extremely interested in it, and that's the brand-new National Defense Authorization Act with its liberty-destroying and uh, just uh, America-crushing provisions that will change the face of not only the United States, but the world in general. And it's a subject that I, I, again, I haven't gotten into yet at CorbettReport.com, so I'm interested to get into that. But first up, right off the bat tonight, let me first say a wholehearted thank you to all of those listeners who decided to take the plunge and become a subscriber of the Corbett Report, going to CorbettReport.com slash support in order to donate 100 yen a month uh, to, to the cause of supporting the Corbett Report. Again, it's a tiny amount, but it goes a very long way. So to all of you who signed up over the weekend, thank you so much. And, of course, I'm sending out the e-newsletter as soon as you do sign up. So please let me know if you haven't received that. But it has been great seeing all of that support coming out. And, of course, all of the people who put in their DVD orders. I'm currently burning the DVDs one by one on my trusty new iMac. Um, so I hope you'll bear with me as I continue to fulfill orders as they're coming in. I shipped a bunch off yesterday. I'm shipping a bunch off today right after the show. So um, I hope you will st- stay uh, patiently for that. I'm being told that uh, supposedly they're going to get there before Christmas if I'm shipping them off in the next day or two. Um, orders that come in later this week it enters into that gray zone where who knows and uh, I don't know. You can't really trust the post office as far as you can throw them, so who knows. But at any rate, I'm doing my best to try to fulfill orders as they're coming in. And so thank you so much for all of those DVD orders. Again, that supports my work, and it gives you something that you can take home and take to make copies of and give out to friends as a way of spreading this information. 
Again, tonight we're going to be covering the new National Defense Authorization Act that is just absolutely terrifying in all of its civil liberties implications. And we're going to be talking to old, our old friend Eric Schein, of, also of Republic Broadcasting. So please look forward to that. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Eric Schein right here on Corbett Report Radio. Welcome back, friends, to Corbett Report Radio. James Corbett here of CorbettReport.com. And tonight we're going to be talking about that liberty-crushing legislation that the traitors in the Senate just passed by an overwhelming 93-7 to vote for the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, a.k.a. H.R. 1540, a.k.a. S. 1867. Whatever you call it, it is an atrocity that's being committed on the American public and the peoples of the world right now. And the latest on this melodrama is that Obama is thinking of vetoing the bill. But, of course, as Paul Craig Roberts has been noting, the only reason that he's thinking of vetoing this bill or why there's any opposition to it whatsoever from the mainstream political uh, establishment is because it would actually give the, the prisoners detained under such legislation the uh, the the benefit of the Geneva Conventions, because they would be uh, prisoners of war, technically speaking. So if there is a way around that, I'm sure that there would be no opposition whatsoever. What are we talking about? Of course, this new National Defense Authorization Act, which has uh, provisions in it which would literally allow the military, the U.S. military, to arrest U.S. citizens on U.S. soil and detain them in military prisons forever without offering them any right to legal counsel or even a trial, taking away all of the basic, the, the most basic and fundamental principles of Western jurisprudence that have held for the past 800 or so years since the Magna Carta, at any rate, uh, just a, an absolutely mind-boggling piece of legislation that anyone could have even proposed it, let alone that it could have passed. But unfortunately, that's the state we've arrived in. So tonight, to break this down, we have a regular guest and our good friend Eric Schein, also of Republic Broadcasting. Of course, he's on In the Zone on this very time slot on Saturday and Sunday evenings right here on Republic Broadcasting. So, Eric Schein, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thanks a lot, James. I'm actually looking at it. Um, and, and to be fair, it, it's not um, till the end of time that this legislation will be, um, you know, or that individuals can be incarcerated for. It's only until the end of the war on terror. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, whatever, exactly. Whatever that is, right. Yeah, because, you know, uh, uh, unlike uh, World War II or any other wars prior to World War II to the largest extent, uh, most of the wars since... World War II have not gone against a nation state and or an ideology that a certain nation state was pushing like communism or fascism or whatever, which is, you know, against a people or peoples. Now it's against an ideology. And, you know, even on, on, it's getting out more and more. And you hear even, um, KPFK is, uh, 90.7 FM out of, uh, well, it's broadcast targeting LA. Um, I think it's uh, antennas actually across the border in Mexico. 
uh, and KTLK AM 1150, they're really starting to understand the gravity and scope that we literally have some, and I hate to put it this way, but I don't know how else to make it clear, some card-carrying Nazis who have infiltrated and infested our government and our corporations and who have married it into some kind of, they were even talking about this tonight on, um, I think it was KPFK, about it's a new form of totalitarianism. It's not where, you know, like in, in World War II in Germany, if you killed Hitler, and many attempts were, were you know, tried during World War II by the German people, knowing that if they took out Hitler, they could sue for peace and end the war, and that if Hitler was gone, it was over. Now, it's been institutionalized to where, and, and, and even here in the United States, if the military-industrial complex or somebody decided that Obama had served his purpose, I don't think it would be an end to hostilities like with Germany and, you know, taking out Hitler at the time. And I'm not uh, condoning or saying that Obama should be taken out in any measure. I'm saying that if the military-industrial complex or someone else decided that that was the course of action and actually pursued it and were able to carry it out, I think it would tip us over the edge, uh, much like, you know, uh, uh, Germany at the beginning uh, or in the lead-up to World War II, that we haven't seen the worst of it yet. I mean, uh, we're on a very precarious precipice on the edge of a very, you know, uh, wide chasm uh, where we sit. Because at some point, like, and, and I look at, like, what's going on with the Coast Guard, which is my, you know, I don't want to say pet peeve, but the, um, the uh, and we're talking about the Defense Authorization Act, the Senate Bill 1867, and the House Bill uh, 1540, and somebody had sent me some um, articles about that, but why would they take the Coast Guard and create, first and foremost, the Department of Homeland Security, and you have to look at that, and I've been trying to put out that, you know, look, we have a, a new Department of Defense now, i.e. the Department of Homeland Security, and our Department of Defense has been turned into a Department of War. And I've, I've put this out in articles and tried to make it very clear that the military-industrial-congressional complex is behind this. The military or individuals within the military, people like Rumsfeld and others, and I don't see it being, you know, it is being fought by people on the inside. There are good um, Americans, citizens, and soldiers from the bottom of the ranks all the way to the top who do believe in the Constitution, who do believe in the rule of law, who do believe in individual rights, uh, natural rights, and more. Um, but they are up against some pretty, um, I guess for want of better terms, insidious and or sinister individuals and powers that be who are into this, you know, for the money, and that there's bigger issues here that people aren't considering that there are people that literally want to take down the United States as a republic because it is so, we as a people, we as a nation, we as a nation state, we as a form of government are so wealthy, even now with all the stuff going on and austerity measures and, you know, uh, 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 going like wildfires across the globe, um, our, our assets of the U.S. government that we all own and control as American citizens is literally worth hundreds of trillions of dollars. DOD owns and controls 
66 million acres worldwide. That land alone and the access that it has to uh, geopolitical, uh, uh, the various economies, uh, you know, the, whether you want to look at the Panama Canal and more, although we've turned a good portion of that over to China, we still have a, a toehold or a foothold there. But there's all sorts of assets around the world that we own and control, just the Department of Defense, that literally, when you look at the real estate, it's worth hundreds of trillions of dollars in future revenue, not just for the real estate or the land that it sits on or the things that it has access to, but the land itself and the topography and or the uh, flora and fauna that's on it and the you know little critters running around it, but also the um, fresh water that's on it, the salt water or oceans and or seas that it's near and or waterways, but also the coal, gold, uh, uranium, and other natural resources, aquifers, and more that are below it that literally are almost invaluable. And when you look at that and what's going on, you start to understand that there are people who are intent on taking down the United States, just like what happened in the Soviet Union, so that there's a, and the fire sale's already going on, just like what happened in the Soviet Union before it fell. Um, whoever turns off the lights to the Republic gets to decide where not just that 66 million acres goes, but Mount Rushmore, Yosemite, Yellowstone, the interstate and interstate highway system, our international rights of way in not only our air traffic, but even in our um, merchant marine, where we're at a position now with 97% of our international cargo coming into and leaving the United States on foreign flag ships. And all of this stuff that I just threw out in a in a you know, in a shotgun fashion, I guess, for want of a better term or way of saying it, is all intertwined and inseparable. And that we, as good citizens, not just Americans, but good citizens in whatever nation or nation state or, or republic or kingdom that we live in, we all do come under common law, whether we are a citizen or a subject. And we have to learn and understand these topics so that not only can we better converse them with our family and friends, and others, but that we can become engaged as individuals within our, um, you know, not only public debate system, but our, our, our public system of self-governance, you know, which is part of our public trust, especially in exactly the Republic. Exactly right. Well, Eric, you're not just, you don't just hit the nail on the head there. I think you hit four or five nails with, the, with one blow of the hammer there, because there's so many important points that you just raised, including, of course, the fact that the, um, the, destruction of america is fundamentally a, a resource plunder a wealth plunder it's it's fundamentally about people gaining money and power as as america goes down the people who are bringing it down can position themselves to profit from it and i like how you also include the congress critters in with the military industrial complex because i think well, that's I, that, another but that wasn't me that was eisenhower that was his original inclusion and it's an important one to make. It's one that's often left out from that formulation, but it's important to understand that the that that's an absolutely fundamental part of the whole equation. And it makes me wonder why they're doing this right now. Why in 2011? Do they realize that the, the power is, is fundamentally shifting, that the political force is, is really moving in this country, and that in 2012 there's going to be a, a fundamentally different uh, Congress and Senate? Or, or what, what do you see of them? What do you make of this 2011 passage of this bill? I think this is just, we're barely getting into where the um, 
and, and this is where I was headed with all of that, what I just threw out was, and it goes to this bill, is if this wasn't pre-planned, if they didn't, if they weren't doing this uh, aggressively, assertively in carrying this out, why would they turn the Coast Guard into a branch of military and Homeland Security? Well, prior to all this going on. Exactly right. Well, it is undoubtedly a militarization. So let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Eric Schein on Corbett Report Radio. If you want to get in, it's 1-800-313-9443. We're back, friends, here with Eric Shine. Of course, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're going over the newly passed National Defense Authorization Act, which is just awaiting the signature of the chosen, anointed Obama Saya himself, and perhaps he'll use his uh, auto-signing robo-pen like he did for the uh, the renewal of the Patriot Act earlier uh, last and year. Si- and sign it from Germany, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Interesting how that works. Anyway, if you want to get in on tonight's conversation, it's 1-800-313-9443, 1-800-313-9443. And uh, you can tell that a piece of legislation is particularly egregious when even Gawker.com has a big headline up right now, 20 things you should know about the bill that could ruin America. Of course, also being covered quite extensively in the alternative media. There's Washington's blog post that's also up on blacklistednews.com. The real reason for Obama's threat to veto the indefinite detention bill. Hint, it's not to protect liberty. Also, some other articles I understand that you have up there, Eric. you want to tell the listeners about them? Um, yeah, one of them is actually, uh, it's coming up as Occupied America's Senate Bill 1867 would allow U.S. military to detain and murder anti-government protesters in American cities. Uh, they're pretty blatant about it. It's on naturalnews.com, and if you just uh, type in Google naturalnews.com and Occupied America, and maybe even throw in Senate Bill 1867, it'll come up, and it's written by... Um, Mike Adams. Looks like, yeah, Mike Adams, the Heath Ranger, or the Health Ranger, Ranger sorry. Yeah, yeah. Heath Bar Ranger, that would be... Um, <laughs> that would Something be Sarah different. Palin. Something. No, that would be Sarah Palin, Sarah Heath Palin. Um, sorry. Uh, but he goes into... I mean, he's pretty um, blatant about it, or pretty uh, uh, over-the-top. Uh, I don't know if you're all getting this through your heads yet, but Senate Bill, and I'm quoting, reading from his um, the first paragraph, uh, but Senate Bill 1867, the National Defense Authorization Act, would openly, quote-unquote, legalize the U.S. government's detainment and murder of OWS protesters, which is uh, Occupy Wall Street, and the assassination of, like I said, he's over the top, uh, and these, but I mean, it's probably not far because it could lead into that. The legislation, the way it's written, and how it's coming out, and the assassination of talk show hosts, bloggers, journalists, and anyone who holds a so-called "quote-unquote" anti-government point of view. And, and it's important, a- exactly. It's important not just to say that this is over the top because it's actually factually true. It would legalize that. Whether it would happen overnight or not is a different matter, but it really would legalize this. I think 60 days, and they're actually trying to make it to where they can grandfather the law. And there's like, and because I'm watching what's going on legislatively in not only states and federal, um, but also in the courts. And I'm hearing a little bit of rumble on trying to, and this is where I bring up the issue about, you know, sex offenders, and you have to really watch what's done with them because they like using these uh, people that are easy to change the law and go after them and target them because of who and what they are, obviously, 
Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a, and just like prisoners or even the military, uh, the things that are done to the military in the first Gulf War in taking away the dog tags and putting in microchips into and implanting them into soldiers. I think there was a full platoon or, or more that they had done this to. Um, those are all test beds, test cases for the entire population. So, you know, yeah, nobody wants to talk about or even get into and broach the subject of quote-unquote sex offenders and that whole issue. But at some point, when individuals or groups like that or, or groups that people detest and won't, don't want to talk about and uh, treat like pariahs and or lepers or whatever, and a leper would be a, a good example, you know, from history, you have to be very careful because they are, and the, the powers that be, the elites, whoever you want to, you know, however you want to name them, are very good. They're very adroit at using those groups to push through, get their foot in the door, pass legislation that will affect the rest of us under common law. 100% right on that, on that score. And again, for anyone who doesn't, doesn't understand, this is not speculation. This is historical fact and is a template that, that tyrannical regime after tyrannical regime has used throughout the ages to demonize one section of the populace in order to get the, the entire populace to go along with the, the stripping of the, any liberties that they might have enjoyed previously. We've seen that in every single tyranny that's come along. From, from Hitler and Stalin and Mao and all of the others, they demonize one section of society in order to get people to go along with it. And that's exactly what's been happening with this phony baloney war on terror that they've pulled out of their posterior and have been force-feeding down the, the Americans' throats for a decade now. And, uh, and this is the culmination of it, as we've been talking about all along. And so all those people who are saying that we were just hysterical fear-mongers for talking about this have been proven wrong yet again. But well, are they the, going to wake up? The House bill was passed in May... The Senate bill was just passed now. They're going to go to committee and resolve any of the differences on the bill. They've been trying this for some time. They've done it with the Military Commissions Act. They did it in 2006, I think, with the Defense Authorization Act of that, you know, 2006 as a writer, just like they've done now. So this is not new. Uh, you know, this even goes into, and they bring up, and I've, you've heard me talk about ex-party Milligan, uh, Lincoln, um, posse comitatus, which was passed after the Civil War. This is directed not just, at, I mean, it's directed at me personally um, uh, with what's going on. I'm now in the Ninth Circuit, and one of the central, if not core issues in my own uh, case is the, the issue of the military, the Coast Guard, a branch of military that I'm not in, using military personnel in uniform, Coast Guard JAG personnel, Coast Guard medical staff, a judge who's ex-Coast Guard or current Coast Guard, he's, oh man, good song. <laughs> and on that note, I guess we'll leave it there, but again, the phone lines are wide open, anyone who wants to get in on tonight's conversation, 1-800-313-9443, of course, talking about this brand new liberty-destroying piece of legislation that the Congress critters and Senate, um, well, <laughs> figure out your own alliteration there, the Senate something heads uh, have just passed, so... Let's uh, continue talking on the other side. To the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com, talking to Eric Shine of uh, CrossingTheRubicon.org and MarshallLaw911.com. Of course, also the host of 
in the zone right here on Republic Broadcasting Saturday and Sunday nights right in this very time slot. So tonight we're going over the new Senate Bill 1867, which just passed the Senate and is now in committee to iron out the differences between the House and Senate versions of this bill, the National Defense Authorization Act. So, Eric, I cut you off earlier, but you were reading from that Occupied America uh, article on naturalnews.com. So let's continue with that. Well, let me, um, I'll start from the top again. I'll just blow through it real quick. Um, I don't know, because it's just a, a, a sentence or two that we um, uh, got into on it. I don't know if you are all getting this through your heads yet, but Senate Bill 1867, the National Defense Authorization Act, would openly, quote-unquote, legalize the U.S. government's detainment and murder of OWS, Occupy Wall Street protesters, and the assassination of talk show hosts, bloggers, journalists, and anyone who holds a so-called, quote-unquote, anti-government point of view. This is the open and blatant declaration of war against any who do not go along with TSA thugs reaching down your pants the Goldman Sachs economic takeover of the nations, the secret arrest and torture of American citizens, and other acts of outright tyranny waged by an an out-of-control government. Those who have been burying their heads in the sand over the coming police state need to wake up and face the music that U.S. senators would knowingly and willfully attempt to pass a bill, and they have passed it, that legalizes the indefinite detainment, torture, and killing of American citizens with no due process whatsoever, and on American soil, is nothing less than a traitor's betrayal of the once free American people. These are, our founding fathers would have said, acts of war against the people. They reveal the insidious plan to put in place a legal framework to end the Bill of Rights, murder protesters, and overrun America with a total police state brutality. I... You know, I would say he's completely over the top, but looking at what's going on in Oakland, uh, the, the, you know, uh, Occupy Wall Street protesters, New York, even around the world, looking at what went on with tens of millions of people in the streets, even the concept of human shields to stop and avert and prevent a war in Iraq, going 10 years forward and looking at where we're at now with 9-11 and more, creation of Department of Homeland Security, the conversion of the Coast Guard movement from Department of Transportation into Homeland Security, taking it from a civil service federal maritime police force and turning it into a branch of military and Homeland Security that can somehow administer civilian affairs that goes directly, and this legislation goes directly to what I've been raising about posse comitatus, and that was the other issue they're trying to push right now too, other than just grandfathering laws, was that posse comitatus is antiquated. They're trying to push to allow to have the military in our streets administering civilian laws. They've already got the Coast Guard doing it, where it's taken over Title V, Administrative Procedure Act, Title X, which is military law. Uh, it's a form of martial law, which is you know only to be contained within the Department of Defense. It includes Uniform Code of Military Justice, Title Fourteen, Title Eighteen, Title 33, Title 46, and when I say title, I'm talking about an entire codification, like Title 46 is entitled shipping. It's everything more or less involved with shipping. Title 33 is navigation, which goes to, you know, shipping, uh, navigation on our, our navigable waterways, uh, large and small, commercial and private and more, uh, even public. Um, that title is for everything 
You know, it, it's a it's a very fat title with a lot of laws in that one codification. So what the Coast Guard has done, or what they have done in taking the Coast Guard, moving it from the Department of Transportation into Homeland Security, and then flipping a switch and turning it into a, from a Federal Maritime Civil Service Police Force into a special branch of military coming under Title Ten and the UCMJ, and which is a form of military law or martial law, this all happened in 2003, well before these laws were passed, and as they came out with the Military Commissions Act in 2006, and a whole string of other laws that are actually detailed in another article that's out there, and I'm trying to think of where it was, but um, that was it. I wanted to just get that out on the... Well, as as I said before, I suppose Mike Adams' verbiage might sound over the top, but it's it's technically true that this this act does legalize all of the things he's talking about, and I think it's important not to not to oversell it in in so far as saying that it, when and if this this is actually signed into law by the president or the supposed president, um, that it's going to all take place overnight and the roundups are going to start. I think. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa! Are you challenging the legitimacy of my president? No, I would never do that. <laughs> Unless, of course, it was, you know, true that he is not. Yeah. But, but, and, and here I got into something on Thanksgiving with family members, and, and I want to take your, you know, take on this, and you've heard me talk about it before. But, and, and you've been around for a while, and you've seen, can you think of any other politician as a politician? who got a crowd of 250,000 people in the street to support him anywhere in the United States. I don't see that with Trump or Kane or McCain or Lieberman or Kerry or Bush or any of these. And, and maybe I'm ignorant and maybe I've forgotten these crowds that appeared, you know, out of nowhere. But I've seen no politician in the last, I don't even think Reagan, you know, for, and I'm talking about individual support for him prior to becoming a national candidate. Obama got 250,000 people in the street of Berlin, Germany, before he became a mainstream presidential candidate, before anybody really knew who this guy was. And to me, and I brought this up, and they were like, so, and they tried going into all, they couldn't actually cite any um, actual uh, uh, gathering of that magnitude. That any, I don't even think Clinton or anyone else had, had ever had ever gathered until you know once they're president. That's different. The, you know they're already in there, and people are gathering not just for them as an individual, but it's you know for some type of an event like uh, Labor Day or whatever. Um, but I've never seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you can think of a, a time or a, a politician. I've never seen a candidate get that many people in the street to support them overseas in another nation state that they're not running for office in. Certainly not, and I think it's important for people to cast their minds back to 2008 when all of that mania was happening, because even now, just a few years later, I think we tend to forget having seen you know his time in office, and I think even the most devout um, Obama Saya supporters probably realizing that he is not the second coming of Jesus. But uh, but yes, it is absolutely mind-boggling to think of the support he was getting for his uh, New World Order speech in Berlin, where he was literally calling for a New World Order. Um, right. I mean, no, but even the, the nature of his speech and the topic and the terms that were used, they they were almost an extension of George H.W. Bush. And no one saw it at the time, or very few saw it, I should say. 
Well, I've been bringing it up because you know my another one of my pet peeves is uh, Germany, 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 Germany. And now you look at what's going on in the EU. The the, the European nation states are, and peoples are starting to realize, and I've seen this in articles out there coming out of Europe, to where they're starting to realize it's like, wait, we fought two world wars to prevent Germany from becoming the dominant nation state or people in Europe. And look at where they are right now. Right. Well, even Merkel's coming out and um, putting out some... Um, I mean, it's basically where she's running the economy and the finances and the austerity measures for most of the other nation states to make sure that, quote-unquote, what happened in Greece doesn't happen anywhere else. So you think austerity has been being pushed over the last five to ten years and, you know oh, we can't afford this, and we've got too many people, and the world's coming apart, and God forbid if we, you know, people had Social Security or some kind of safety net, uh, pensions. They're even talking now that it's, and it's almost as a threat. This is how I heard it today, was that you either give up a piece of your pension or you give up the entire pension. Which will it be? And it's like, wow. Yeah, that's that's unfortunately the paradigm that we've entered into because people have bought and swallowed every every other pill that they've been sold over the last uh, several decades or centuries by these same cast and crew, and uh, and it's important to note it's not it's not the German people. The German people are are rising up in yes. greater and greater numbers to say we don't want to be the head of Europe. We don't want to be bailing everyone out. We don't want to be this financial you know superpower for that everyone has to rely on we just want to be germany but uh, well but the political elite want this union to happen i would also point out that hitler was not german i mean you, he could you could say he was germanic uh but he was austrian just like um kissinger who i think was bavarian uh who you know and and you've heard me before uh kissinger was you know um and what else came out of bavaria was adam weishaupt but um Kissinger was born in Bavaria, raised in London to an age, and um, knighted by the crown. I hope you are not making fun of Kissinger. Yeah, right. No, I'm, I'm saying that he's a war criminal and should be prosecuted like Bush and Cheney and Axelrod and a bunch of others who, um, uh, you know, who, they, I, they're sociopaths. I don't know what else to call them. They're, they're mass criminals. Exactly right, and uh, and we saw back in January of 2008, uh, or sorry, 2009, um, uh, Kissinger on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange saying that Obama had a real chance to bring about this new world order, which he's been going on about with every president since uh, since at least Bush, uh, actually probably before then. But anyway, no, uh, absolutely, Kissinger, one of those uh, one of those vermin that's just infested pretty much every presidency since uh, since the time of Nixon. And well, you've heard prior. you've heard me also talk about that. You know what was formerly known as Greater Germania came together under Charlemagne in the 800s. Um, after Charlemagne's death, it was seen as far too powerful, and it was broken up. And the last 1300 years has has revolved around that one central issue, not just for um, Europe but for the world, of the reunification or unification of Germany, which includes Liechtenstein, Austria, Bavaria. You know, Prussia's been, um, you know, pushed in uh, from the actions of Bismarck. And one of the things that Bismarck did um, in marrying Prussia into Germany and the German federations and German republics was the issue of national health care. 
in the 1800s. And Obama's doing the same thing now, or has done the same thing, with the help of the, you know, Congress. Um, and I, you know, if people knew and understood their history better, and actually looked back and see, you know, World War One, Germany, World War Two, and I'm not pointing at the German people. I'm, I'm literally talking about, you've heard me too, is the, the German royal families, the Habsburgs, uh, that's what, you know, uh, ignited World War One. Um, the French Revolution was about doing away with the royal families, abolishing them and making them illegal and impoverishing them and kicking them out of their um, fortunes, you know, seizing their fortunes from them and putting the, the property, the government, the these enormous estates into the hands of the people. Exactly right. Well, back on this uh, National Defense Authorization Act, I guess the next step in all of this is the the conference that uh, that's going to have to be hammered out the committee between the Senate and the House, and um, we'll see if these provisions last. But I think the point is the fact that they even tried this shows just how brazen they're becoming, and it almost makes you wonder what could possibly be the next step in all of this. Well, I think, and and this is where these people are uh, devoid of of any morals whatsoever that they would eat if not let alone sacrifice their own i you know one of the things that i was concerned about when george w bush was president was that he would try like roosevelt had done and serve into three if not four terms um and continue on and we would be in a very interesting world i don't know how much different it would be if it would be worse or better or, i'm not real clear um I, I don't think it would be any better um, and I think it might be further down the track uh, than has been carried out with Obama. Because Obama has declared that he can assassinate American citizens overseas. So when you start taking not just this bill by itself, that the Senate has done it, that the House has done it, that it's been passed in both, that it's going to committee, that it's going to be revised, and within 60 days thereafter, we're going to be in a position where they could grab you without charges, without trial, and, and hand you over to the military to be detained until the end of hostilities, whatever that means. And what does that mean? I mean, can anyone possibly envision a time when, oh, it, the war on terror has been declared over, we won? I mean, what what does that even mean? It, it's, it's so ridiculous and ludicrous on its face that, that anyone who's presented with it would just laugh at it. But unfortunately, that's really the position we're in, just waiting for these political elites to declare that uh, that the war is over. Well, and I think that's what I was leading into, is that um, they would sacrifice Obama in a heartbeat if it got them, even though he is one of their own, quote-unquote, a corporatist, you know, what I told totalitarian, uh, whatever name you want to apply. I was going to say fascist, but, uh, you know, corporatist, I guess, would be the, the, the best title. Um, at some point, if it got them closer to their end game, they would sacrifice him. And if he were somehow assassinated, I'm not condoning this, I'm not saying this, I'm just pointing out the political fact, that if it did happen, and there's a movie out, and I'm trying to think of, um, it's, it's called Point of View or something like that, where the president does is killed, but it's not the president's is double, and so it kind of puts them in this odd position where everybody's seen the president's double killed, and then they go in and they actually kidnap the um, president. I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. It was um, uh, with one of the Quaid brothers, and it was actually you know a decent movie. I think it was like Point of View or something like that. But but if something like this happened to Obama, think of what that would do to the nation and the world. 
it would be absolute martial law, uh, uh, unequivocal, completely declared, out in the open, 10 o'clock curfews and more, if not sooner. Absolutely. And we know that, I mean, the false flag is always the ace up the sleeve for these people because all it takes is just one spectacular incident to change the, the course of American history, as unfortunately we saw all too well on September 11th, 2001. And where that came from, there are many, many more just waiting to be pulled out of the deck whenever they really need the, the ace that's sitting there up their sleeve. Well, it's not like they wouldn't think about it, let alone do it. We saw what happened with Vietnam, with the uh, Gulf of Tonkin, We've seen what happened with uh, the Northwood documents uh, where the military and DOD was actually planning to carry out a coup. Uh, uh, Smedley Butler, uh, General Smedley Butler, Marine Corps, was involved in, and, and they tried to convince him to assassinate Roosevelt. So we're not immune from any of the politics that have, carried, that have been carried out in Germany or, or Russia or any banana republic around the world throughout time. Uh, we're not immune to the very same uh, people, the very same characteristics of human nature and actions that have uh, flipped countries on their heads. Uh, another great point, again, this is something that we see over and over, and that's because humans fundamentally are the same from time period to time period. So they know what buttons to push and what order to push them in. It's almost a science by this point. But on that note, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the closing minutes of Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. Welcome back to the closing minutes of Corbett Report Radio, friends. Your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight, talking to Eric Schein of CrossingTheRubicon.org and MartialLaw911.com, where you can go and read more about his incredible eight-year-plus-long ordeal with the Coast Guard. And uh, for people who haven't heard about his story yet, of course, please check into the archives of CorbettReport.com, where you'll see many of, many of our previous conversations about his incredible story and, uh, of course, while you're on his websites, you can find out also more information about how you can uh, hopefully provide some sort of help for him on his ongoing legal ordeal. But on that note, let's just uh, let's go to the callers. We have a caller on the line from Michigan. We have Roy. So, Roy, thanks for joining us tonight. Hello? Yes. Are you there? Go ahead. Yes, I am. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I, uh, the one thing I, I think that uh, is very important that we don't take on any fear of what is coming. Because it's coming, there is no doubt about it. And what what they're going to do is they're going to kill each other. Uh, those that have continually gone along with uh, the government and they're they're murdering, they're torturing, they're uh, and uh, uh, stand up and and do everything but worship them. Uh, they are going to face the consequences, and uh, there is no doubt about it. I've been asking them for years that when the time comes, that you guys are going to kill each other, aren't you? And I have never had one of them. I'm talking about feds or, or cops or any of those in, in enforcement that I have asked. And I have never had one of them say no. They've either remained silent or they've agreed with me. And I know it's coming, and there is no doubt about it. And I know that we don't want to take on any fear, because that's how the devil rules is by fear and condemnation. And we don't want to take on either. In any way, that's... I just wanted to put that message out there because uh, I think that we both know this is the second coming of Christ, and there is no doubt about it. It can't be any clearer than what they've made it. 
Well, I think you're you're absolutely right that we can't and shouldn't take on fear about what's going on because it's up to us. I mean, all of this happens because we're asleep at the switch and not doing enough, or it or it doesn't happen because we stand up to it, and that's that's basically the only choice we have. And I think you're right that tyranny after tyranny after tyranny throughout history has always fallen because in the end the elite just get so crazy and insane they start eating their own. So, uh, so Eric, what do you have to say about that? Well, Armageddon, the term means the awakening. It doesn't mean that at the end of the, the planet and it blows up and, you know, everything goes back to the Big Bang or, or we all go to heaven or hell or, or whatever. Armageddon is the literal awakening and talks about, you know, if you want to get biblical about the scales falling from people's eyes, the scales are falling from people's eyes now. And I've been trying to point out, much like I think Christ did, you know, uh, in his own teachings and the apostles, the disciples and others, much of what they spoke about is that there is only one kingdom, and it's not of this earth, and that we should, because even the, the concept of a republic, of, by, and for the people, was something that was spoken about in Christ's time. Christ spoke against empire. He spoke against, uh, uh, you know, not only the uh, uh, empire of the time, the Romans, um, but he spoke about many of the things that you hear the alternative uh, media and others talking about is human rights, natural law, etc. That um, I believe much of Christ's teachings went to the issue that we should not have royal families, we should not have kingdoms on this earth, and that if you want to, any kingdom should be in heaven, not on this earth or of this planet. Well, that's certainly right. I'm not bowing down before any, any human being as my uh, lord or, or someone who can rule over me. So, absolutely. Well, let's leave it there. And another fascinating conversation. And for anyone who's interested, tomorrow night on CorbettReport.com, we're going to be continuing this conversation with Eric Schein. So stay tuned to CorbettReport.com for that. Eric, thank you again so much for your time tonight. Thanks, James. Peace. All right. And to all your listeners out there, I'm looking forward to another exciting week here on Corbett Report Radio. So stay tuned and thank you for listening.